Yo, 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 it's Comic Book Junkies coming at you with a special episode. That's right. We reviewed Wonder Woman 84. That's right. We did it so you don't have to because guess what? It was dog shit. And that's just my opinion. I'm sure Joe isn't that far off considering he fell asleep a couple times during the middle of it. But uh, yeah, we're here to tell you what we think. So hopefully you don't have to waste your time like we did. Yeah, dude, if you weren't there with me that whole entire time, I I wouldn't have made it through the movie. No, dude, I had to keep waking you up. Up too and i was like i mean i should just let him sleep i mean the man's been tired he had to go through the whole alliance getting blown out at 1 p.m he's got to be exhausted but i was like look this is our assignment it is our duty to our listeners you know everybody deserves us to go out and do this but you know what uh i really wish we hadn't i mean we even did a whole episode on reading wonder woman the perez run to lead into this kind of to tie in you know synergy and you know what it's just wonder woman's boring i don't know if it's her if it's just the writers that they attach to her but pretty much everything around the character is way less cool than the character herself so that's kind of where i'm at i mean i don't even have that much to say there's not a whole lot of positives in my book um most of it's negative a lot of it's kind of hilarious hilarious at the same time how they did things because I mean it's pretty much just a giant romance movie in a way which is also weird because I mean you know like they obviously did some things you know to make sure that you know women were in power show women are indeed strong you know it has a message I mean this is primarily going to be you know something little girls can look up to and say oh I can be strong like Wonder Woman I can do this and that which is great and dandy and all but at the same time how are you gonna have her so hung up on Steve Trevor like at one point she literally got got her powers back from getting a kiss from him. So it's like, why is Wonder Woman so dependent on men if the whole point is that she's a Wonder Woman? Which also, I don't know if you noticed, they don't call her Wonder Woman a single time in the movie. Are they embarrassed? Are they ashamed? What's the deal? I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't be surprised if they felt some kind of shame in calling her Wonder Woman. But I completely agree with you in that regard. I think the relationship between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman worked during the first movie because it introduces how they know each other and why they're romantic with each other. But it was definitely played out in this movie. I think there were too many romantic scenes, although I like Gail Gadot as Wonder Woman and I enjoy Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. It was played out uh, a little overdone in this movie and it's just like, we get it. You miss Steve. I felt like they did kind of portray her more vulnerable than she usually is. She's even crying Mm -hmm. over him at one point in time and it's just like, just like John Wayne says in Preacher, like, don't cry, dude. Right, partner. You know, buck up. You got bigger shit to handle than just Steve Trevor, which by the way, we were cracking the hell up during the screening of this. Why did, when she wished for his ass to come back, why did he just take over some other guy's body and she can see him but at the same time he looks like another guy in the mirror and then they just glossed over it they didn't like mention like oh he's gonna take some dude's body over he just shows up one day and he looks like a different random dude and I thought that was just funky as all hell and like they don't explain that until they're like well we should probably figure that out huh we need to go ask the wishing rock it's like Okay. She's delusional. Yeah, it, it was just weird. I mean, like, I was wondering how they're going to bring him back because obviously we saw him blow the fuck up. But to do it this way, I mean, you know, comic books, like, it makes sense. Things just randomly happen. But I'd rather they just you know, make some other funky shit happen. I don't know. Like you wish on a rock and he's a different guy. I don't know about that. What there were I do- a lot of weird outs in the movie, right? Like there's that one part that we we're watching and Wonder Woman is in the jet with Steve and they're trying to like fly away from everybody and they're getting caught 
taking off. And as everybody's about to like shoot this jet down, she just conveniently makes it invisible. So I get why they did it because it's iconic in Wonder Woman lore that she has her invisible jet. But I read the fucking comics, man. I did not. <laughs> it just doesn't work <laughs> like that. She turns it invisible at her convenience. With her it hands. Just, it makes no sense. No, I love the invisible jet. I'm glad that they included that, but I wish it was kind of like its own thing. Like, you know, maybe the hero of the story and her weird boyfriend didn't steal a jet. Maybe, you know, through some weird means of her own, she's a superhero. She deals with gods. Maybe she had like an already invisible plane. Maybe it's stupid to pick tit tat over that, but like it makes at least a little more sense or as much sense as her stealing a jet saying, oh, I've been practicing this. I've never done it. And then, you know, going full Sue Storm on us and then just making, you know, a whole jet invisible from her hands. I don't know if maybe I'm not as well versed in Wonder Woman as I thought, but I don't recall her ever doing invisible shit with her hands like she's in the Fantastic Four. Well said, dude. Overall, kind of a weird movie. I think they did a good job of recreating 80s culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I... So as far as like the energy goes, the props and the background, like it definitely screamed the 80s, hence Wonder Woman 84. But outside of that i was not very impressed with how they did the villains in the movie too features two main villains maxwell lord and the cheetah when we were reading the original perez run i was actually excited to see the cheetah on the big screen just because they made Ares kind of weird but other than that like the first Wonder Woman movie was pretty damn good so I you mm-hmm. know if they made the cheetah good in this I'm like they really they did good job for the character considering how many runs that are actually good in Wonder Woman Um, so I was hoping the cheetah would have been a little cooler but in fact it was a lot different than how I know the cheetah so in the Perez run which is a retelling of Wonder Woman's origin story they make cheetah out to be more of like a Catwoman type villain. She's interested in Diana because of like the artifacts that she fights with and how priceless they are because they're not from where they're from. Whereas in the movie, it was just some lady that was trying too hard to be like Diana's friend that she gets caught up in all these different stuff and in turn becomes the cheetah. And it was just like a really lame way to introduce one of her most iconic villains in fact maxwell lord was more interesting of a villain than the cheetah yeah he was the closest thing to like a villain that we got in this story um so i was pretty disappointed in the retelling of one of her most iconic villains yeah i agree with that i mean specifically i wrote down like only a handful of notes in this and that's when i thought shit was either you know really lame or goofy as all hell and one of them i put down is cheetah at white house sucks so this might be spoiler territory for you i mean you know what i mean if you're listening in this deep you know we've probably already spoiled some things but moral of the story is she is is fighting Diana in the White House. She's all super powered. She's, you know, trying to act like a bad bitch, but really she's just wearing a bunch of like weird cheetah outfit clothing and has like smoky eyeshadow as opposed to her just being a normal frail gumpy girl. So it's like, is that supposed to signal her shift into being a badass now is, oh, I have smoky eyeshadow and oh, I can wear heels and run fast now, which is like, okay, like I get it. Maybe she isn't like a full cheetah yet, or maybe, you know, you're not going to put her in like a cheetah costume, like a fucking 
onesie with like a <laughs> like a face cut out like in the comics or anything but i like, would rather i would too but no one's gonna like do that for us just like they didn't do it with vulture in that spider-man movie with tom holland he was all mm. i liked it like straight from the comic stuff i get it's goofy whatever but when she finally does turn into the cheetah which is all of like five minutes at the end and she just gets fucking fried like with the toaster in a bathtub at the very end that's all it is you just write her off once you finally show her as like oh no what did you do and then it's a two minute fight and it fuck it's over and just like maxwell lord was honestly my favorite part of this movie you can say he's despicable deplorable whatever you don't like him yeah 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 well i think it's cool because he's a ruthless businessman he's just trying to make it to the top just him and his son trying to get paper hose money whatever dude i respect it I mean, (laughs) I don't respect it too much because obviously he was a shithead. But you know what? He actually provided comedy, you know, an actual villain. He actually provided some stakes. So, I mean, he's a little different than how he is in the comics. I mean, obviously, he's not a wishing stone like incarnate, but I really liked Maxwell Lord. And it was honestly the only thing keeping me awake during the movie. That and having to wake me up every 10 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right. It was the closest thing we had to a villain in this story, which he did a good job. All props to him. I think he's been in some other iconic stuff, too. He's the Mandalorian. He's the Mandalorian, and I knew I recognized him from something else. I I did a little research, and uh, he's from Narcos, too. Ah. Yeah. I didn't watch Narcos, but I I watched, like, the first season and a half, and uh, it was okay. But regardless, he did a good job for the movie. I like mm-hmm. the cast of Gail Gadot as Wonder Woman and, and Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. But all in all, it was kind of definition of a blockbuster movie. It was the exact definition of a DC cinematic universe movie. Like, well, I like that it was a lot that they had just r- kind of took a step back. Right. I did like that it was more lighthearted than some of the other DC blockbusters. Agreed. But nothing really made the movie stand out. In fact, Mm -hmm. I think it took a step down from the first Wonder Woman movie. Yep. It's not a bad movie by any means, but I can't recommend anybody watching it. So that's why I can't That's not a good movie then. (laughs) Well, it didn't do anything to make it like a bad movie, right? Like if I wasn't so sleepy in the first place, like I would have watched it all the way through and then been like, okay, another DC movie. I wouldn't have been like, well, that was a fucking waste of time. Because if you're not doing anything, it's kind of lighthearted. It's still Wonder Woman and a part of what I assume is going to be a trilogy. They already um, announced it. They're doing it. Yeah, nothing super crazy or something that you like gotta go watch now matter of fact after this month i'm canceling my hbo subscription damn yeah so that's how i felt about it so all (laughs) no six out of ten boobs that's the best that i can give it and that's worse than any of the the trades that we've reviewed unfortunately so what would you rate it burger keep this in consideration guys he fell asleep a few times and he got a six out of ten and he had to you know make sure that he got the plot right with me beforehand so he's being generous i feel i'm not gonna go anywhere near a six i would also contradict him and say i would not recommend well i would agree i would not recommend it but i would also say it is a waste of time i'd go four and a half out of ten like I said, the only thing that was cool and like, obviously, you know, my sense of humor by now, it's a little bit, you know, more fucked up. I like Preacher. 
type stuff. That's why I like Maxwell Lord, uh, because he's a dastard, dastardly bastard. You know, <laughs> dastard, I don't even think that's a word. But more than <laughs> that, po- <laughs> he's real dastard. But the point is, I mean, unless you're really going into it thinking, I don't even know what you should think going into it. I would just say really avoid it. I mean, if you like the first one, sure, go ahead, watch it. It's nowhere near as good. And I'm not saying that number one was a masterpiece, but it was at least a good flick. This, yeah, four and a half out of 10, because the cheetah, maybe it's just not for me, but that whole subplot, there's too much Steve Trevor dick riding and there wasn't really too much else. There was no real direct conflict until the very end. And it was just a couple minutes. And then she talks the ultimate villain off a ledge when he pretty much has a hundred percent chance of winning other than her appealing to his senses, which I know it's 2020 and we talk about our feelings, but something tells me that this guy wouldn't just like all of a sudden just be pack it up and go home, you know, whatever he did it for his son. That's sweet. We have a sympathetic villain. It's good. But other than that, there's not a lot of bright spots. Also, the Kingdom Come armor and the whole Linda Carter cameo, all of that stuff. Why did she need to put that on to fight the cheetah at the end when all the cheetah did was scratch at the armor until it broke? And then she could do a little like, you know, superhero pose before she fights her with her fucking eagle helmet. I thought that was dumb as all hell. It wasn't necessary. I mean, I think the costume is cool. I just don't think it was cool how they used it. And then a side point before I get back to uh, that point. Can they lay the fuck off of all the slow-mo bullshit? Anytime she does a half-assed leap or jump or does anything, they zoom in on her and they do a slow-mo move and it's kind of cringy as all hell. And I'm like, did they need to do that? Like, that's where half the budget goes. You can tell Zack Snyder's still dipping his finger in the budget somewhere because his stupid ass is crawling around set saying, we need to go slow-mo. We need an explosion. Does anybody got gradient filters? and that's the whole problem with this movie it it felt like a dc movie again the first one didn't as much this one just feels like they don't know what they're doing now i think they saw the success of the first one and now they're just like hey free reigns you know what it's a money maker wonder woman makes money you do what you want to do if i saw jeff john's name on there if i was him i'd ask to get that removed because it makes him look bad i was hoping it would be okay because we saw jeff john so heavily featured in like the opening credits Yeah, that's what you would think. So either he's on some bullshit or he just put his name on there and only a little to do with it. I know Patty Jenkins, the director, actually had a little bit more say in writing it this time. And I don't think she's written as much in quite some time. So I don't know if that was an issue, but... I don't know. It's mostly a plot issue rather than the acting or the characters. I just think that if I had a tighter, more cohesive plot, and I mean, it doesn't have to be all action all the time, but I don't know. It just didn't feel like something that was for me. The only thing I liked about the plot is that it wasn't overly complicated because DC kind of shoots themselves in the foot sometimes by making it like too big for their own good. And so they did do a good job of keeping it scaled back. However, nothing really happened during the plot. So even though they didn't try to like overwhelm the audience, they didn't really do anything for the audience. So that was kind of my take on that. Yeah, I agree with you, dude. I mean, that's pretty much all I've really got to say on this. I mean, this may be a quicker episode than you guys are used to. I'm a little let down. I mean, I didn't have the highest hopes because I do understand it is a DC movie. But, you know, based on the first movie, I thought, you know, this would be a good watch, especially in a quarantine where there's no movies coming out, especially of the superhero variety. I was like, you know what? It's better than nothing. And I was partially wrong because nothing hasn't been that bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's real shit. (laughs) 
real talk. It makes me nervous too about what they're gonna do for like the other movies. For example, Shazam Two. Right? Dude, I hope they don't pull that shit with Shazam Two. I'm gonna shed a, like one crocodile tear if they do that. Right. I mean, Wonder Woman was good, and then they come out with this like Birds of Prey quality sequel for it, and so I I just hope that they don't do that with their other properties. I know, dude. I really hope not. I mean, I'm not excited about any of the future slate now. Uh, <laughs> to be quite honest, I, I maintain that I still would like to see Shazam too because I'm hoping Mr. Mind's involved. They actually did a good job with the first one, in my opinion. I still liked that actually better than the first Wonder Woman. Um, that's my favorite DC move. That's come out you know for the dc extended universe type shit but other than that yeah i don't know what they're gonna do i'd like to see black adam you can't expect too much to be great in that it's a rock movie but if you like the rock it'll be good but you know other than that i mean i don't want to see flashpoint i'm not wasting my money to see ezra miller as the flash so they can you know try and fix all the bullshit they did even though they're continuing with the bullshit and then other than that I don't care. I want to see, you know, Robert Pattinson Batman, but that's not in this like family of DC Universe movies. So I'm assuming that'll be safe from, you know, tainted hands. Other than that, I've said my piece. I'm more interested in letting them know what we're going to do next because that should be way more exciting. Well, because of the costume, we figured we would bring it back to the origin of that costume that you see at the end of the movie. And we are going to be reviewing Kingdom Come by Alex Ross. So heavy Superman comic, heavy Shazam comic, right up burger and eyes alley so i'm excited to read this one yeah absolutely and it's revered as one of like the more all-time classic dc stories uh at least amongst many fans um and yeah it's got beautiful art and good writing um and like you said it's got a lot of our favorite characters in it yeah i'm assuming we're in for a good read um and i hope you guys like it too um make sure to follow us on instagram at cbj pod you know hit us up there give us a like ask us some questions do what you got to do same with facebook cbj pod podcast or comic book junkies then yeah make sure to leave a review give us five stars if you like us and most importantly tell a friend or somebody just about us it it would really help just spread the word but other than that thanks guys and we'll catch you next time